Get started up. You got to stop me up. Oh boy. Are you ready, buddy? That's how you should start the show. Start Shoot. me up. <laughs> Alright. That's how the episode began. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually give it an opening. No, that is the opening. You're listening to High and Wide. It's Jim and no. Kyle today. Jack might join us in a little bit. We have some topics to get to. It's been shit, I think it's been two weeks since we recorded an episode. Actually, we recorded one last week, but it Kinda. didn't see the light of day. Yeah, we recorded, I guess, something, just not the episode that we thought we were recording. So, here we are, two weeks removed from our last episode, one week one week removed from our Phantom episode. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, what's up, Kyle? Not much. I don't really want to think about last week. I mean, I even rushed home from Wildwood to jump on for no fucking reason, because it wasn't even being recorded. <laughs> Well, at least we got the entire hour and 45 minutes after the episode. I all made us, sure that that was recorded, yeah. That's all there? All us bullshitting for an hour? Yeah, and I tried to like put content together, and I maybe got 35 to 40 minutes of actual content that is allowed to be <laughs> to. The other, I guess, hour and 15 minutes just had to be, it'll never see the light of day, ever. It happens often when we have Dan on. Yes, yes. Yeah, that was going to be a good episode. So let's get to some of our topics here. There's some flyer stuff going on. As you know, they, they start in what, about a week, a week and a half? Tuesday of next week, so a week exactly. Flyers hockey is around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. August Flyers hockey. Who's excited? Are you excited? I'm just so happy to see hockey. I just... <laughs> I could care less if it's an exhibition game at this point. I tried to watch a little bit of the game today, but I was at work, so it was a little hard to watch the scrimmage. And that's a shitty feed, too. Oh, it was terrible. It looks like somebody shot it on an iPhone, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're, uh, I could see you all. I was going to say flyered up, but I, you know, I, gotta, I could see your HW'd up. You got one of our brand new shirts uh, rocking over there. It looks pretty good on you. Yes, sir. We're hoping to have these available for our fans um, within the next com- uh, couple of weeks, hopefully. Yeah, and I, if I can say so myself, I'm a pretty big t-shirt junkie slash fanatic. If I go see a band, I got to buy a shirt. If I go to a hockey game, what have you, I got to buy a t-shirt. They're nice to wear in the gym. This is a shirt that... I would absolutely wear, 100%. And I usually I don't I don't wear colors. I usually, as you could see, it's black and white for me. Uh, I don't know if you could see in the video, but I'm wearing a black shirt. But you're wearing an orange shirt with our logo on it. I could rock that shirt. That's a good looking shirt. It 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 actually came out very very well. Um. It did. Beyond pleased with it. I can't wait to make more for everybody else to get their grubby little hands on them. <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm excited now. After seeing you. Maybe it's just you, Kyle. I don't know. Because you have the. Maybe it's the physique. I don't know. But you make that shirt pop, I think, buddy. I'm just. It's all the sexy. It's hard yeah. to contain myself. All right. Let's move on before we drive off the rails here with Kyle's physique. <laughs> I didn't start that. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of uh, clothes and uh, whatnot, in the NHL bubble, they are—they don't have—I um, guess it's a uniform code, or, or they don't have to dress business professional or casual, whatever the fuck they were doing before with the suits and whatnot. Uh, what are your opinions on this, man? If you have any at all, because some teams are still coming up with their own dress codes, and you know, other teams, I guess, are just going to do whatever. I imagine they're going to be wearing, like, team apparel and whatnot. What are your thoughts on this? I could give two fucks. I assume everybody will have team apparel on. Um, if if Scotty Hartnell was still around, he'd probably show up in a hazmat suit. There's a 50-50 chance Kevin Hayes will because they have the same mentality. But, I mean, who cares? Who gives a shit? I don't care about what they come to the game in. That's that's for when the fans are there and you have to come professional just play the fucking games. That's all I want. I want to watch some hockey. 
You know, you bring up a good point. And before thinking about it, my initial reaction is these guys are going to work, wear a fucking suit, and that's it. You know, I I like when these guys dress up. I, I think it's, you know, uh, I don't want to use the word respect, but they looked respectable. They look like clean cut guys. They look like good guys. Uh, having thought about it a little bit, and I was hoping that I could provide an argument for you on this episode. Having thought about it a little bit, though, like how many of us stayed home during quarantine? And I know, you know, you're an essential guy, so you didn't really get to stay home at all. Not but how at many all. how many of the listeners out there got to stay home and, and work from home in your pajamas or your sweatpants? My uh, wife every day. Yeah. And so I guess I'm kind of comparing these guys to us and the fact that, you know, they're going to work. But it's not like regular work, you know, so it's kind of like they can get away wearing the sweats or they can get away wearing the track pants to work for. I mean, this is a different time. They, You know, they, they, we've never seen something like this before. So usually if it was a regular year and this was a topic of discussion like, oh, the players or, you know, they're, they're going to be allowed to break dress code and whatnot. I would have an issue. Because I, I like the suits. I think it's a big deal. I think it separates these guys from a lot of the other leagues because they, they come professional to go to work. Uh, but I guess in this situation, who the fuck cares? Who cares? Right? As yeah. long as when they put on their fucking gear and their uniform, they're ready to play. That's all I give a shit about. Yep. Yeah, so if this is a thing next season, I'll have a lot more to say. But uh, that was something I did want to bring up, just to hear your opinion. And, you know, if you guys are listening, if if you have an opinion on this, feel free to comment when we share the episodes. We want to hear what you guys are thinking. Let us know you're listening, at least. Um, let's move on a little bit here. So let's move on to awards before we get to the scrimmaging and whatnot. Uh, let's just bang these out. So obviously everybody knows by now, Elaine Vigneault is up for the Jack Adams Award, and deservedly so. I think we even talked about it on our last episode, right? The one that didn't record? <laughs> no, the uh, two weeks ago one. I think we were talking Torts versus AV. Yeah, I think we were. Yeah. You're still – I think we were all kind of in agreement that Elaine Vigneault should win, right? Yes and no. I mean, Torts definitely has a, a pretty good case. I mean, he was handed a bag of shit for a team, and they still – Put up a hell of a fight. I mean, were they were they in the playoff spot if it wasn't a 24-team format? I think they were seven or eight, and they were, like, hanging on by threads the way that team was looking. Yeah, well, yeah. Again, their goalie got hot for at least 10 or 15 games. He was freaking standing on his head. So that's going to put you in a playoff spot if you're just average the rest of the games. Yeah, that's true. And so the other guy who I think we're going to have to keep an eye on is Bruce Cassidy from the Boston Bruins. Fuck Bruce Cassidy and fuck the Bruins. So I, 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 the only argument for him that I've heard is the Bruins were so far out in front of everybody else. I think they were six or seven or eight points ahead of the Blues who were second in the league in points. And... I don't remember, like, any kind of adversity or anything they had to face this year. Like, they were just a solid NHL team, right? Yeah, I mean, Bruce Cassidy is a good coach. Don't get me wrong. But coach of the year? Come on now. You you got a fucking all-star team. Stop. Yeah. I don't fucking hear about it. You have an all-star from NHL fucking 2002 in Zedno Char. Like, come on, stop. He's... <laughs> <laughs> friggin dinosaur yes yeah, so but he still plays good hockey for sure i think there is an argument there if you want to make one for bruce cassidy but i think you know you'd be wasting your breath a little bit when you get to the next two guys in, in tortorella and vino because uh, those guys are just flat out more deserved of the award in my opinion and as much as i would like vino to win because we got a chance to see firsthand just how brilliant and, and great of, of a coach he is this year. Like, it's hard to deny what 
John Tortorella did. And we already know how good of a coach he is, right? He's a fantastic coach. He turned this team around. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what I think is unfair, though, is I would have liked to see how the last 13 or so games would have unfolded because I don't think Columbus was going to sneak into the playoffs. I think they were kind of standing on their last leg there. I agree. And, and, and I, the Flyers were red hot yep. when this whole thing ended. So I don't. I, I didn't foresee the Flyers losing that in the last 13 games either. I don't think Vigneault would allow it to nope. go to the wayside. Yeah, 100%. And another argument is the Flyers finished 4-0 against the Blue Jackets this year. So fuck off, Blue Jackets. Like, how can how can you vote a guy who went 0-4 against the other guy and you say he's the coach of the year? I don't know. Like, this guy obviously did a better job than you. And they, they handled the Blue Jackets every time they played them. They also beat Boston. They sure did. They sure did. So let's move on to our next one here. Uh, we didn't really get to talk about Lindblom, I don't think, too much for the – Masterton? Is that the right award? Masterdon. <laughs> the Mastodon Award? Mastodon Award. Wait, let me write that down because we're going to have our own awards now. Yeah, we got to hand them out to our HW Made Up team. Mastodon Award? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the Bill Mastodon Award, we got... Uh, shit, man, now I'm going to forget his name. Obviously, Oscar Lindblom. Help me out here. I'm drawing a blank. It's the Masterton. Right. So Lindblom, who's, who overcame uh, Ewing sarcoma. The other guy's name, I want to say it's like. I want to say sure for some reason, but it's not. Yeah, it's like Richie or something. The guy from the stars. I'm drawing a complete and total blank. And the stupid article that I'm reading right now from June 9th, 2020 has. Jay Bomeister on it. Oh, this is the people among. Yeah, I don't know why Jay Bomeister's on here. And it's Stephen John. Stephen John, okay. Oscar Limblom and Bobby Ryan. Thank you for that. So, Bobby, I mean, all three. All three have an incredible argument. They've overcome incredible obstacles to deserve that award. Here's my thing. Bobby Ryan and Stephen John, Stephen Johns, right, came back this year and played hockey. Oscar Lindblom went out with cancer. Incredible story, don't get me wrong, but hasn't actually come back yet. So I'm not. It's a chance for two of these guys to win an award, is what I'm trying to get at here. So if they give the award to Bobby Ryan or Stephen Johns to win this year, and Oscar Lindblom, which we all expect makes his full recovery and returns to the Flyers next year, he, he's already got the award if he comes if he plays next season. You know what I mean? I have to agree. I mean, if they give it to Lindblom this year, they might also give it to him next. Right. It, it all depends. But being that Lindblom did not play another game this year, I don't, I don't know how that rolls into it, like as somebody voting on it. Obviously, I'm pretty biased here, and I'm going to vote Limblom all day long. Right, yeah, we always want our guys to win awards whenever they possibly can. I just think it's it's an opportunity for the NHL to say, hey, let's let's give two guys this award that deserve it this year. Because I I think one year, I I was talking about this on the Angry and Negative show with Dan, I think one season Devin Dubnik won it with the fucking wild because... He had a strong second-half finish after the trade from Edmonton, you know? And then this year, you got a guy uh, went out with cancer, a guy coming back from uh, migraine headaches, uh, uh, chronic and migraine. Addicts. And then, uh, yeah, a guy coming back from, uh, you know, uh, drinking issues. So they have an opportunity to give two out of the three of these guys the Masterson Award, and I think they should do it. So... Without further ado, the award that I feel like we look forward to every single season anymore because of Sean Couturier and his exceptional two-way defensive play at center. He's up for the Selkie again with Patrice Bergeron and Ryan O'Reilly, one of our faves. 
It's Selkie. It's Coots for the Selkie, and it's a lock. This isn't an argument this year. It's wow. over. We're not even talking about it. He. It's a lock. Coots for the Selkie. Locked. Lock loaded, dude. Bet your house on it. Coots for the Selkie. So you think Coots is going to win? If he doesn't, I'm a fucking fine Batman and give him the Frank Bialois treatment. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, man. I really wish we had that episode from last week because we, we got some scoop on the, the animal last week. I got some scoop on a couple guys last week, but we'll, we'll see if we can get that going again. So you think it's a lock. You think Coots is a lock. And I feel like every year we're like, oh, he's got to win it this year. Yeah, but went, every, year, every year we are thinking Coots is going to win for sure this year. There's no way that anybody can take it from Coots, blah, 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 blah. This year, it's pretty well known around the league that Coots is the front runner for this. Is it so now? Every, yeah, I've been reading articles constantly from other sports areas saying Coots should win the Selkie. Everywhere except Pittsburgh. <laughs> Nobody likes Pittsburgh anyway. No, they can't even read or write. So what's the matter? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was watching. Uh... Come on, what the fuck's that movie? The gangster movie, uh, not Casino. Oh, The Goodfellas. I was watching Goodfellas the other night, and they were trashing Pitt in that movie. All right, here we go. I wanted to look up some stats real quick. So Ryan O'Reilly this season. 12 goals, 49 assists, 61 points in 71 games for a plus 11. Uh, plus minus doesn't matter, right? It does for the Selkie. See, I agree with you there. So 49 assists, that number kind of stands out there. Let's look at our next player, Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, no. See, Bergeron's, that's not even fair, though, because look at who Bergeron's playing with. Yeah. And I said that as well. I mean, Marchand and Bergeron are exceptional players in their own right. They didn't start standing out on the stat sheet until Pasternak was on that line. And that's not taking anything away from Bergeron and Marchand because, like I said, they're good players. But Bergeron never put up over 60 points. I'm sorry. He put up over 60 points in a season twice. So he scored 70 points in a season twice before 18-19. And that was fucking back in 2006 and 2007. Uh, so he's been a consistent 55 to 65-point scorer. And this year he was on his way to a, potentially another 70-point season. 30 goals each of the last three years. Plus 20, plus 23, plus 21 the last three years. It's I mean, Bergeron, easy to be a plus 20 when fucking Pasternak does nothing but score goals. Yeah. Guy's got 40-something goals, don't he? Yeah, that's that's true as well. You're a plus 20 just on 40 goals. You ain't never lie. So let's look at Coots. First... Flyers player to score 30 goals and 70 points in a season and back-to-back season since John LeClaire. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I was going to go a different direction. Who were you going to go? I don't know. But it wasn't John LeClaire. Fuck, now you're going to make me look this up. I, I had heard that stat like a year ago, and it's just something I always remember when I see Coots now. So, Coots has the... Least amount of points of the three players. Now, I know the Selkie is for the best defensive forward. Coots is a plus 21. Uh, 59 points in 69 games. 22 goals. 37 assists. So here's my thing with Coots. None of these numbers jump off the page the way that uh, O'Reilly's assist jumped off the page with 49. And Bergeron's goals did with, let me just double check there. I'm pretty sure he had his third straight season, 30 goals. What's his name, Patrice? (laughs) O'Neal. Look up Patrice (laughs) O'Neal's. 31 goals this, this year, which he was on pace for a new career high. His previous career high was 32 goals, which he hit last year in 65 games. So... 
he would have he would have definitely broken his career high in goals. Uh, I don't know, man. I know I know we love Coots, but I can I can really see Patrice Bergeron getting that fucking award again, dude. Not gonna happen. I I just can see it. Like his points per game are better than O'Reilly and Coots. Fifty six points in sixty one games, thirty one goals. Like again, the quality of player that he's playing with. In Pasternak, Marshawn, yeah. Very who's true. Co- I mean, no offense to the Flyers, but who's Coots playing with? Where do, who do you have him playing with this year? Giroux? Voracek? Connect me a little bit. Limblom a little bit. Oh, man. You remember in the beginning of the season that, that Limblom couturier connect me line? Oh, yeah. Limblom had fucking 19 goals by the end of November. <laughs> he was going to have 30, 40 goals. Dude, so here's the thing. Somebody tagged me today in something stupid. I was going to say the R word, but we don't say the R word on this show. <laughs> they tagged me in something moronic. And uh, Coomsey, if you're listening, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about you. Because that's, that's what he did to me in his tweet. Uh, he says something like, oh, don't forget, all the other teams are healthy this year. And I said, yeah, well... He mentioned specifically the Blues, the Penguins, and the Bruins. And I said, look at the Flyers' record against all three of those teams combined. Like, the Flyers fared pretty well against those teams. And he said, yeah, I just said they were all, they're all healthy now. And I'm like, dude, the Flyers had injuries back then also. You know what the only difference is about this Flyers roster compared to the other rosters? They're not getting their guy back. They're not getting Oscar Lindblom back. Everyone else got healthy. The Flyers are still without Oscar Lindblom. And still Nolan without Patrick. Nolan Patrick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't want to hear that shit. Because all it is is negative bias. That's the Negadelphia bullshit. You know? Like, this is a team that we could be positive about. And it's like... So, go ahead. The Flyers are legitimate this year. Yes. Regardless of what team is playing against them, the Flyers have a chance at winning the game. Yep. It doesn't matter what team's playing against the Flyers. And, and I know that any team playing another team has a chance at winning, no matter how bad the odds. But in a seven-game series, every single game, the Flyers have a chance at winning. Because of talent and coaching and goaltending. It's just... It, it, it irks the fuck out of me that people are still not confident in this team when they would have legitimately won the Metro if the regular season continued. They yeah. dominated Washington. They sure did. Dominated. Bro, they went down to Washington and blew them out. They scored seven goals on Washington in Washington. They should have swept them. They went 3-0-1 against them. And they lost that one overtime game that they they dominated after that first period. You remember that? That that was the Flyers this year, man. I mean, they would come out. They wouldn't lose the game in the first. They would kind of, like, play even with you. And then the second, like, you could – you're oh, my God. It seems like forever ago. You could clearly see when they would start to take over a game in that second period. And from that point on, they would run away with it. And that was just – it was so refreshing to watch this team play that way because for so long it was – all right, they didn't show up for the first. Second period, always their best period. Third period, they just get blown out of the water. To see them progressively get better from the first period to the third period all year long was, for me, it, it was like, this: you can't beat this team. They get better as the game goes on. They don't get worse. And you know what that is? Fucking coaching. Yep. I don't that's think you can say that a, enough, man. That's making adjustments in between periods. Yep. That's... Going, all right, they're better than us here. How can we beat them here? And slowly figuring it out. And that's what wins playoff games. Being able to figure out another team is what wins playoff games. They're going to win a lot of them coming up. And I think that's what everyone's excited for. So for for him to come out and say something like, uh, you know why he said, and we're going to talk about this next, was Carter Hart supposedly uh, 
left the scrimmage early today with what they thought was an injury. And I guess what prompted him to, to tweet this was so he could say, I told you so. Like, you should stop saying the Flyers are going to win the Cup because you never know what could happen between now and then. And, dude, no fucking shit. But I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, man, I don't, I don't want, I want to temper my expectations because you never know who's going to get hurt. Isn't that such a shitty way to look at things? Well, not necessarily. I mean, you also, not to play devil's advocate 100% here, but dude, we've watched a lot of shitty hockey over the last 10 years. Yeah. I mean, a lot of shitty hockey. We've gone into multiple seasons with very high expectations and, and have gotten a bag of flaming dog shit on the other end. <laughs> so, I mean, I get his apprehension, if that makes any sense. Like, I get why he might feel like, all right, you know, it's the Flyers. They're going to fuck up at some point because they have for 10 years now. They even when they like, fuck, they want to. What was it? 2014 or 2015 when they won 10 games they climbed back into a playoff spot and then they lost 10 games in a row or some shit like that it's like what the fuck <laughs> but this isn't the same team this is what i need everybody to realize is, is is it's not the same team this team's clicking on all cylinders yes injuries are going to happen it's inevitable it's playoff hockey if you can't play through it, the one thing the Flyers definitely have on their side that a team like Pittsburgh or Washington or even Boston doesn't have on their side is organizational depth. You got guys like Karner Torinsky. You got guys that can come fill up, fill in fucking holes. Like, look at Knack. Did anybody expect Knack to come up and light fucking shit on fire on a fourth line? Fuck no, but he did. You got all these guys that can come fill in gaps, and it's something the Flyers haven't had in so long, organizational depth from top to bottom. Everybody forgets there's still a, a, um, uh, a snowflake waiting in the wings to get in, Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> you never know if that kid's just going to come in and take a spot over. And tear up the playoffs. Who knows? But guess what? We're going to watch. Fuck yeah, we are, man. Yeah, that's that's a really good point by you, dude. Because as good as these other teams are, the Bruins, they're as much a one-line team as... I mean, they have... Don't get me wrong. They have good depth guys. I'm thinking of guys like... Uh, why the fuck can't I remember his name now? He came from Minnesota. Charlie Coyle. Solid player. Uh, but when you think of the Boston Bruins anymore, for me, it's Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, maybe Tuka Rask, Zdeno Chara, Charlie McAvoy. Uh, Pittsburgh, I mean, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, like they're, they're getting old. They don't have as much depth. They're getting lucky with some of these guys coming up. And who was that other team that we named there? They have no Washington. Who the fuck does Washington have waiting yeah. to come up? Yeah, you know what? You know what I think is Washington's demise? is they should have never let go of uh, Barry Trotz. They, they should have like never let go of fucking Matt Niskanen. But thank that's, you, Washington. I do appreciate it. That's a good point, man. This this Reardon guy, I don't think gets it done. Anytime I see a guy... Dude, you know who he reminds me of? Uh, Skinny or Kevin from The Office. I never watched The Office. I tried so hard. It just... it No, didn't do right. it for me. So after the show, I got to put a side-by-side of this Reardon guy and... Kevin from the office on Twitter, so everybody can see what I'm talking about here. So, uh, before we move on here, let's try to bring in our co-host Jack Smith. Is he here? Is Jack here? No, mm-hmm. but back to back to my point though, with the organizational depth that the Flyers have going into this postseason. Um, when you look at teams like Pittsburgh and Washington, they don't have the same organizational depth. So, yeah, the guy is sitting there s- saying to you, you know, anybody can get hurt, anybody can get injured, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, that's that's absolutely fucking true. But 
What happens if somebody on Pittsburgh gets hurt? They don't have anybody to replace these guys with. Whereas the Flyers, if we start losing players, we have guys waiting to come in and prove themselves. Another great point. And let's welcome Jack onto the call real quick. Jack, what's up, dude? Oh, sorry, fellas. I've uh, got a little bit of stuff to do today before my vacation, but here I am. You're a busy boy, Jackal. Uh, real quick before I forget, Kyle, while you were talking about the Flyers organization, organizational depth, do you know what you called Connor Twarinski? What did I call him? Connor, Connor Twarinski. Did I? Fantastic. <laughs> another a- team. Another fucking teammate for the HW made up list. Yes. And Jack, did you hear about the new oh awards God. that's going around in the NHL? The, yeah, what's this? The Mastodon Award. The Mastodon? Yep. It was a joke for the record. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure it was. So we were we were trying to remember the Masterton Trophy Award name. Oh. We were calling it Masterton or Masterton. And someone said Mastodon, so now we have the Mastodon Award. So we're going to hand it to... Uh... Hey, it sounds like a dinosaur. Is that the oldest player or something? Yeah. So let's move on to our next topic here. And we, we touched on Carter Hart a little bit, I think, when he had that injury scare. It turned out to be uh, just muscle spasms, according to Colby Cohen. Should be back within the next day or two. <laughs> the expert of expert of hockey. Yeah. So, Thanks, Colby, yeah. for your a little expert bit of... college fucking analysis. <laughs> You know what? I, yeah, I played hockey once, and I'm from the area there. For I'm good. I learned that. Here's my thing. Anyone that has like ball guys, I learned not to trust. <laughs> yeah, it's like a telltale sign. You know, it is. Either don't know what they're talking about, or they're full of shit. Yeah, there's just always something. Like they have like ADD Isn't or that like the same thing. Crazy anxiety or something. Well, sir, there's certain people who say things that they they believe. And they're just full of shit. And there's people straight up lie. So there is a difference. Believing your own lie and knowing you're lying. But you're saying it's it's tied in with what, Jim? Uh, you mean the injury or the bug eye thing? No, you said something about ADD. Oh, so they have uh, like ADD or like extreme like anxiety or some kind of like disorder. Like, Hey, I got ADD. What the fuck's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Dude, I, I like ADD people. <laughs> I, think, I think you guys are a lot of fun. Well, that was a quick pivot. I'm just saying, though, ADD plus bug eyes is not a good combo. Hey, look, squirrel. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know where he came from. I don't know. You know, he just kind of popped up on the show. and We had all these other – we've had Tarion. We've had Tockett, guys that played for the Flyers for more than, you know, a half a season. And this guy comes out of nowhere. I'm like, I looked up his history. I'm like, he was like an AHL affiliate for the Colorado Avalanche or something. I don't know. It just seemed very out of place. Like, they, were they really that low on candidates? Yeah. You know, it kind of reminds me of sometimes, like a Ben Davis from the Phillies, a guy who like caught for like you know a handful of games, and he's trying to explain the game to you, like like uh, some all star guy or whatever, and it's just like, yeah. Ben, like shut up, dude. At the very least, at least he played for the Phillies. <laughs> you know. True. With Kobe, I, I don't even know if he played in the NHL, let alone the Flyers. Very true, very true. So, what I wanted to talk about was the potential injury to Carter Hart and how everyone was bugging out for a good five, six hours. Turns out he's okay. Thank God. We just wouldn't be allowed to play with nice things in Philadelphia if Carter Hart got hurt. If, if Carter Hart was hurt for an extended period of time, I don't want to say that I would have mailed it in or threw in the tail the towel for the season, but I would have threw it thrown in the towel. It just wouldn't have been meant to be. It depends. I mean, are we saying out the entire playoffs or out for, you know, for half of it? Because to be able to tread water long enough to get him back, that's kind of why having a guy like Elliot, instead of going some of the other names we've discussed in the past, the not pricey ones, Jim, don't be throwing uh, Holtby at me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, any um, any significant time. Say he misses a couple games in the first round or something, that sucks. Oh, it'd be terrible. Especially what we think we're building and 
what we expected him to be and how long we've waited to see it come to fruition. Who's that, Colby? Oh, uh... <laughs> I, you noticed I paused before I said it, so I, like, I guess it's right now. Yeah, I mean, when I first read it, I was like, oh, here we go. Like, you got to be kidding me. And, and nobody would say anything because they can't say anything. And then it was a huge relief to find out later that it was not serious. I will, uh, I will take that and just pretend like nothing ever happened and move along. Yeah, so another thing I kind of wanted to touch on, you know, the other topic everyone on Twitter was talking about today was the one and only Shane Gossespear. Apparently returning to Norris Trophy candidate form <laughs> in the scrimmage today. <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on Shane Gossespear playing well in the scrimmage? Uh, what did um, he do? I don't know. <laughs> like you said, if I'm on the ice, I'm going to do the best I can. If I'm in the box, I'm going to be the best cheerleader. And that's exactly what a guy like Ghost needed to say. When you consider how myself especially considered him being potentially a bad teammate he also did say he needs to be a better teammate so those that's not unfounded uh he's had a very rough season and it seems like he's uh sounds just a little more humble so i'm hoping that this is a what he said means more to me than anything he did in the scrimmage so did did he actually come out and say he said he's feeling good what did he say anything else besides that just the cheerleader thing is really all i saw Oh, okay. I'm the greatest defenseman to ever play. Yeah. I'm I don't gonna... <laughs> grow on trees. I don't grow on trees. No. I didn't say anything stupid. I need to be able to play my game in a scrimmage with no physical contact. <laughs> yeah. Play bad because I hurt my leg again. Where I can do my spinoramas unmolested. Nobody can touch me. <laughs> That's a hell. Oh you know what? Like, didn't didn't Jim Jackson always used to use that word? What? Well, he's what, being what? no, no. He used to say harassed, not not molested. Yeah, I think he's definitely not molested. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. He said that during the play and definitely after the whistle. If there was like a scrum, being harassed, somebody went after a flyer. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, so Ghost is another guy that I was kind of getting into. I don't, I don't. It wasn't an argument. It was more just a discussion about Ghost. So. Our good buddy, his Twitter handle is Lynch Mob, and I, I know he listens to the show. Thanks for listening, buddy. We appreciate you. It was a decent conversation. Said something like, you know, when Ghost turns it around, or if Ghost turns it around, you know, I expect to see you at the front of the uh, the bandwagon when you know everyone's rooting for him. And it made me think, like, I don't think. Okay, here's my thing. I don't root against ghost i don't root against any flyer because i want to see them win but i do have a hard time rooting for ghost and number one it's because of his play on the ice because if he was a fucking dick and he was putting up 45 50 points as a defenseman he was you know commanding the flyers first power play it'd be a different thing you'd put up with different things if you suck and you're a dick on top of it i have an extremely hard time rooting for you you know? No, so, I couldn't agree more. Like, if, if this guy was giving it his all and, and legitimately in a slump, but was like, I need to get back to where I was, I'm going back to basics, I give a shit, then you have that, like, all right, let's do it, you know? I mean, it's not the same with everybody, because McDonald was a great guy, supposedly, and was absolutely terrible. And that didn't make us like him anymore. But Part of that was the contract. There's a lot of factors that go into this. But at the end of the day, all we care about is if the Flyers win. If a certain player starts playing better, and I'm not going to suddenly be like, oh, Ghost is the greatest thing ever. It's all about the bottom line with me. Did the team win? They don't give a shit who's playing well, as long as we win. And if a guy who's supposed to be the next great thing is slumping and then being a dick on top of that, I don't think I'm on or off the bandwagon. I think that he needs to figure shit out and he needs to get back in the program because I'm exactly where I need to be. This team needs to win. And that's what it's about. It's not about who I like and who I dislike. It's about whether the team wins or not. Any thoughts there, Kyle? No, the only thing I wanted to bring up was 
if I hear one more person tell me Ivan Provorov is not a good power play defenseman, I just want to point out that he I'm, I'm almost 110% positive he led the league in power play points and power play goals by defensemen. Definitely goals. I'll have to... Do you know for sure about the points? I'm checking right now. Definitely goals. I know for sure. You're right about that. Points I cannot confirm. Haters are always going to be haters. Even if he's not the least or is the best, he does more than enough. Could we have better options in the future, such as Samheim? Maybe. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And this is hockey with him doing his thing and everything else rolling around. So, again, I don't know where some of this – we could kill the team when they're playing bad. We did it for two years. Did you find that on Provorov? I'm trying to. Yeah, we're no. losing you. You're in and out. So It's just, it's just goals, for the record. Okay. And it I was like by – it would be because some of the top guys in the league are – you know, the points, but still that's, that's saying something for sure. It's the whole point of the power play is a score. Yeah. So for the record, like here's my last thought or opinion or stance on ghost. And if I'm wrong and you guys are listening to the show, please feel free to let me know. Shane Goss will never put up 40 points. I, you know what? I'll even go as far as to say, Shane Gosses Bear will never put up 32 points on the Flyers again. He'll never score more than 32 points on the Flyers. Okay? He needs to be moved after this year so that they can they can, you know, put some of this extra money somewhere else. He's making 4.5 million. I don't care how much potential this 27-year-old man is. Notice I didn't say young boy defenseman that can develop into a star. He is what he is. He could he could score 50 points somewhere else. He's not going to get the time to score 60, 50 points here, 40 points here, unless he miraculously figures figures out a way to quarterback this power play that Ivan Provorov has taken over. By the way, like we just said, you know, there's just not a spot here for Ghost, and there's guys coming up that are four million dollars cheaper than Shane Gossesberry, Igor Zamula, Cam York. Shane Gosper doesn't have a spot on this team. Now, if they trade him, and I don't know what they're going to get for him. Maybe a team ponies up. Maybe they take what they can get just to get rid of the cap. I don't know. There's no doubt in my mind that Gosper will get top four minutes. No doubt in my mind he's going to get that opportunity on the power play one, wherever he goes, and could potentially put up 40 to 50 points. I think he absolutely will do that the first year wherever he goes. And I'm okay with that because it's not going to happen here. So that's my final stance on Shane Goss's bear. I mean, I mean that's definitely happened in other situations with other defensemen, but very rarely does it continue to happen. I can see that resurgence here with a new team, change of scenery. But like you said, he's got to go. Why else did they draft Cam York with every all the other defensive prospects they had and? the current guys on the team and how young they are, why would they take Cam York if they're not planning on moving on from Ghost? Just like, to piss just, you off, Jack. Now, that's a separate topic for a separate time. <laughs> it's definitely true. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it, why else do that? Like, come on. I know their defensemen are a high premium, but they're not trading York. They'd be trading Ghost. So the whole point is they're moving on from Ghost. And I just think... He just doesn't mesh. There's something. It's got to be more than that. It sounds like he, based on his comments that he's making, he knows that he's got all these young defensemen behind him and the first-round picks coming, playing a lot better than he is. And it's kind of like, well, I'm probably if I don't change my tune, I'm most likely out of here. And I, he's got to make himself look good for that next team anyway. So not, it's, it was a random not change to mention, at the last second. Not to mention that flat cap. You're going to need that 4.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? That could make it tougher to move him as well. No. It definitely will. Nah, somebody hey, will I take didn't him. Even think of that. Give me, he's a fucking sixty. He had sixty-five points. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm telling you, we joke, but there's always a GM or even just a coach out there who sees that one year and is like, I can harness that. I can bring that out of him, and thinking they can get a deal by getting him for the cheap and contracts not so bad when you really good look at it and he should be movable 
He has he didn't play bad enough where he's unmovable. It's a shame Buffalo cleaned house, man. That's a that's a fucking organization that would take him on. The only thing with them is they're very cheap and they're already paying Eichel a lot. So it's like and they're gonna they, have to they, play they, house too. They could have won a cup, at least one in the late nineties if they given Hashik anything. But they're they're just so cheap. So I don't know, maybe. But mm. Yeah, now not anymore. They got rid of everybody. They don't have the same GM anymore. It's the owners that are cheap. That's the thing. Yeah. But um, yeah. Not being. Hey, you never know. You get a new person in there. They want to leave their mark. They think they're smarter than everybody else, and they acquire ghosts. And before you know it, you have your deal. He was like Stranger five million dollars cheaper happen. than Jeff Skinner. They fucking paid. What they paid Jeff Skinner like ten million dollars. <laughs> not do shit for one year. For one year, man. Yeah, it's fucked up. And he's uh, always been a goal scorer, but he don't create on his own. No, I think he was hurt for yeah. Kyle, somebody who said that Kyle was hurt all last year. Friggin' uh, that was what's that called? The ice skater, ballet dancer, whatever. Figure skater. The fuck are you talking about? Figure he figure skater skates. <laughs> he figure skates. Skinner. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's got such good edge work. That's why he's a he's a figure skater. Yeah, it didn't help him in Buffalo. So let's move on to one of our juicier topics here. So, Kyle, you wanted to bring this up because I feel like this this is meant for you, the five-second delay rule. (laughs) This this is a rule specifically made to piss me the fuck off. (laughs) The NHL has implemented a five-second delay to all live games this postseason so they can limit the amount of foul language by the players that will come across your airways. And oh I'm fucking pissed because it's bad enough we don't get to go watch hockey. Now you have to turn it down even further so we don't even get the emotion of the game. And what are they going to do? Bleep it out? Or are they just going to mute it? They're going to mute it. I'm telling you. that. I mean... I definitely never considered that, so I got to give the NHL props for thinking of that. But yeah, it would have been nice to hear that for sure. I mean, I was looking forward to it. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. That's just that sucks. But there was definitely going to be some. Uh, there's going to be a lot of foul language. That's for sure. Hey, so I kind of see their point. <laughs> I feel bad for the guys editing. Like, could you imagine, yeah. like, if somebody just goes off on a spree? Dude, yeah, but you got five seconds, happen. they'll just go to fucking commercial. Yeah, oh, that could be a problem. Yeah. Every time there's an altercation after a fucking whistle, you guys just go to commercial? Ugh, that would yeah, be horrible. Oh, my God. I wonder if there's going to be even more commercials. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to do this. No. Uh, we're not going to be able to limit or we're not going to be able to get all this out. So just go to a commercial. Dude, I wonder, like, uh, that would bring them in more money, wouldn't it? If there were more commercials, more ads. Yeah, and they got yeah, a lot of money they, to make up for. Yeah, but the, the problem is, is they're under time constraints. Uh, so yeah, they're under true. time constraints. They, they can only do commercials at certain points. They never have commercials during live play, you know, so. Well, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They have that fucking stupid shit at the bottom of the screen. Get your Flyers uh, tickets for two years uh, from now at uh, fucking a discount. They, they don't like, cut away. Yeah, what I about mean, the William not... Hill commercials? You guys don't get those? Oh, I get yeah. all the ones, yeah, in between play. Everything. Yeah, yeah. It's like the whistle blows and they're lining up and I got some fucking stupid uh-huh. people telling me to bet on yeah. nonsense. I need your fucking, oh, it fucking irks me. By the way, speaking of commercials, I hate every Wells Fargo commercial they've ever made. They Most people the hate Wells Fargo. Yeah, I do. I'm, yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> Remember when they oh ripped off all those people? Yep, got away Scott clean. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that's what happens when you have money. <laughs> There's no actual laws you have to abide by when you have money. Oh, uh, yeah, here we go. Duh. Duh. Kyle, nice shirt, by the way. Thanks, buddy. You like it? I like it a little too much. Jim says Jim says it makes my tits look good. <laughs> I did not say tits. <laughs> I was thinking shoulders and traps. Good. 
That's why people should buy them and make your tits look good. No matter who you are. Great tagline, Jim. <laughs> buy our shirts. It'll make your tits look good. Hi, t-shirts. It'll make your tits big. Well, I lost my train of thought. Why? Because tits? Yes. Because of you, Jim. Every time. My tits? No. Oh, boy. Uh, so, anyway, cursing Kyle's in the NHL. We need a five-second sensor over here. Yeah, we got a five-second delay on this podcast. <laughs> cursing in the NHL. But, I mean, I feel like it's going to take so much out of the game because you have so much raw emotion, right? And some of the greatest parts of watching a live game is the part where, like, you know, the crowd's buzzing, but th- they happen to switch to the camera or the mic that's close catches what they're actually saying to each other. And, yeah, most of the time there's an F-bomb in there or something. But you actually Always. get you actually get the emotion of the game. So if you take all that out, there's going to be even less emotion. There's going to be no fans in the stands, and then you're taking – all of the side emotion out of it, like, come, you guys are going to kill it. They're going to fucking kill it. They have a chance at nailing this. And that would just be, like, in the beginning, just being like, this is explicit. Nobody under (laughs) 18 should be watching this. Because nobody's going to honestly make their kids not watch it. (laughs) I would love to hear Jim Jackson after all this cursing, because he, he usually is the one who has to cover for it. When something gets through that shouldn't, like uh, I think it was Kevin Hayes, hey, you just hear, "Oh fuck!" and some frustration. <laughs> like if he had to do that the, the whole game, I would be I would be really fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, no, they're just gonna mute it. We're not gonna know anything that's going on. What if they just pumped up the crowd noise real loud instead of like muting it or anything? Yeah, but that's be even worse, dude. That's even worse. You're pumping up fake fucking. There's not a crowd there. I don't. You don't give me. Don't give me crowd noise. If you can't see them, you don't notice as much. I was watching soccer and they didn't really show the stadium at all, and it kind of it did. It was it wasn't bad. It surprised me. I was like, I didn't notice it that much until they like finally showed the empty seats in the stadium. Well, like I love like lately watching UFCs without any crowd noise. Every mm. kick. Every punch is so loud. Uh, you really get a respect for how hard these guys hit and are getting hit. And I'm like, man, that's going to be awesome to watch hockey. But nope, they're like, we're going to put a five-second delay in, in TV commercials every time people say naughty words. Like, God damn it. Ugh. I feel like, yeah, it feels like it's lose-lose. That sucks. It's win-win. They gotta. They have to just. I'm telling you, in the beginning of every game, explicit content may occur. (laughs) Like this. Something tells me if they do that, though, they lose a lot of their sponsorships. Like who? They get pissy about that. (laughs) (laughs) You sounded like like little Kyle right there. Like (laughs) him. Like him. (laughs) Definitely not the beer commercials, but anything else. The banks, they wouldn't be happy about that. The banks, the the banks that are fucking opening credit cards for they people don't that don't even they, exist. You know they those banks, fucking jerk. You know they put on go. a face. They they always put on a face. We all know it though. How's that yeah, Michelob they're... Ultra over there? Nice and cold. Ah, uh, dude, it's terrible. It's I used to like terrible. it. The, a, a guy came over to help me with some shit uh, around the house. And he, I was like, yeah, what kind of beer do you drink? Because he's coming over for free, so fuck it. I might as well feed the guy beer. And he was like, oh, you know, like, I'm not really a beer guy, but if you're grabbing them, like, grab some ultras or something. And I'm like, okay, shit. I'm drinking mm-hmm. shitty beer today. Well, yeah, he really is a guy. beer guy. <laughs> Dude, I used to go to the bar and drink those after the gym and just drink them like water. They were, that's because so, that's what they are. So, they're they so are thirst, thirst quenching. Just sit they're at the bar, get yeah, hammered. You just went to the gym and you're. I don't think it's possible to get baby. hammered off of you. Dude, I'm just <laughs> dreaming about it. Like I you'll probably pee like eight times. I, uh, I have to pee again. <laughs> see? 
Well, I mean, I think we pretty much ran out of topics here. What else do we have to bring up? Anything, boys? Nothing really happened. Well, did you guys talk? You guys talk about the uh, Salky? Yeah, we covered. So we covered, and if you want to touch on any of these, so we touched on the dress code or lack thereof for the bubble. We talked about Carter Hart's injury, uh, the awards. We talked about Ghost. I'm missing a topic here because I crossed it out so good that I can't see what I wrote. And I think that's it. Who'd you guys pick for? Uh, do you think uh, Katuri has a real chance at it? Kyle thinks so. Runner, dude. It's a lock. I, I, with Bergeron, I would never call it a lock. It's a fucking lock, dude. Coots for Selkie. End of story. I hope you're right. It's so, dude, bet the, bet the house. This? Bet Ready the fucking this? house. Ready for this? Yes. Bergeron has been nominated a re- like a record, what, nine times? If he wins again, it'll be his fifth. That'll set a record. He's 34 years old. The odds of him being... Like falling off or a lot higher. So this might be his last chance at winning it. I could totally see the NFL, NHL going with that. Or just yeah. over Goods. Goddamn NFL and Roger Goodell getting their goddamn grubby hands in NHL's business. <laughs> he did that all in one breath. <laughs> I could see, I, I said it earlier, I think Bergeron could win too. We were looking at oh. stats, Jack, and. O'Reilly's assists pop off the, the stat sheet. I know it's a defensive award, but he's got 49 assists in however many games. Uh, Bergeron's got 31 goals in 61 games. He was going to break his career high in goals scored, potentially score 35, 40 goals, uh, 56 points in 61 games, consistently plus 20, plus minus. Coots' uh, numbers this season, nothing really jumped off the page, like 22 goals, 37 assists. He had the least amount of points of the three. Uh, plus 21, you know, plus minus doesn't really matter, but for a defensive forward category, it kind of does. We we know and appreciate how good Coots is. But I, I have to say, looking at the numbers, none of his pop off the charts for me. I mean, who, who, has the most, who has the most time on ice? I didn't look for time on ice. I think I, I fetched it up my say something. I think Bergeron might be on it because of that friggin' first line they had. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I don't have time on ice. Time on ice on this one. Well, they kind of. It, it's the same thing with the Norris Trophy. They need to redefine what these awards like stand for. Because you got defensemen scoring like ridiculous. Like Carlson numbers winning the award, where it's supposed to be a defensive trophy, the best defenseman on the team for defensive purposes, and they've gotten away from that. So I feel the same with the Selkie. You have to have the offensive numbers now for your, the defense is almost secondary, but it's needed. I don't think, I don't think they need to, it used to be, and it's kind of I don't, think they, I don't think they need to redefine it as much as they need to introduce a new award, especially for the Norris. Best defensive yeah. defenseman. That needs a new award. Well, because the Norris with, yeah, is I mean, the best offensive defenseman now. It, it has been for, I don't even know, 20 years. Um, and with the Selkie, too. It's like if you don't have those offensive numbers, it's like it's like that's what separates you from the rest. And I think we're all in agreement that Couturier defensively has been absolutely ridiculous. He's been the best. And the offensive numbers really shouldn't matter. And I know how the NHL is, and they like stories. And with him winning his – I could just would not be surprised if I woke up and saw that he won, Bergeron won the award, and I just see record fifth time. And it would not surprise me, and I think it's wrong, but I think it could happen. Here's my thing, because I, I agree with you, Jack. You know, the the part, I don't think that it's, like, undeserved. I mean, I don't think any of us are saying that it's undeserving if Bergeron wins. I think, of the three, I think the guy that's least likely to win, for me at least, would be Ryan O'Reilly. I think it's either got to be Coos or Bergeron, and... The biased fan in me would say, you know, Coots deserves his first Selkie. He's been in there the last couple of seasons. Let's get him one. Having said that, like, I kind of agree with Jack there where it's like, let's get him his fifth. Let's get him the record. This is probably going to be it. He's not going to be around that much longer. You know, let's, he's earned it. You know, has he earned it? Has he earned it more than the other guy? Man, probably not. But the other guy's going to be around for a lot longer. 
You let them win it next year. I could see that. And it's like one more fuck you to the Flyers, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, if Drew can't even get nominated for he, what he did that year, the, I will question whether I think the NHL will make the right decision with this and go for the story over who's actually more deserving. Uh, see, that's a fucking thing, too, man. Like, that is a legit thing, a story. It's going to give everyone something to write about. I mean, sure, like, people could write about, you know, Sean Couturier, the rise of Coots, you know, uh, his first NHL award, his first Selkie award is the 27-year-old, you know, first-line center, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's a story for Coots. There really is. Because he Listen, came out when— he... Look at the story about who loses in the first round. If the NHL could rig the draft to make that story come to fruition, they could easily pick Bergeron getting his fifth over Coots. For sure. All right. What do you guys think? Did we beat that one up enough? All right. I mean, we're about an hour or so into this episode. I don't want to keep our listeners too long. We know uh, Kyle's got to get up for work, and Jack's going to the Poconos this weekend. So Poconos. We'll let everybody well, go. Go ahead. I'll leave, you, I'll leave you on this cliff note, all right, or this cliffhanger. I, I'm not done talking about the Jack Adams Award, and I think a lot of misinformation is being spread, um, particularly a false narrative about Tortorella and what players Columbus lost. And it's making, they're really putting down AV. And I'm seeing a growing contingency of this, and I definitely disagree. And I'm starting to think it's a little ridiculous. So, you don't call anybody out, Jack? Anybody that we know? No. No. I do okay. not. I don't do that. Just letting right. it all, just letting it be known. You're against it. Are we going to be hearing more about be this? We'll be talking about this again in the near future. Are you possibly prefacing a future new show? Could be possibly, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Good stuff there. All right. Listen, just something I want to bring up right off the bat. Flyers versus Boston, August 2nd. The time has been released. 3 p.m. Sunday, August 2nd. All right. So you guys be at my house by like 1.30, right? <laughs> Everybody okay. listening, if you want to come over, ask for my address. Let's have a party. Just bring your fucking mask, all right? <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need my neighbors calling the governor or anything. I'm glad uh, Jim's having a party because he was on my maybe list. <laughs> you remember that shit, huh? <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> yeah, guys, if you haven't heard by now, we have a site, hwhockey.net. All the episodes are uh, on the site. You can find anything you want on there. Uh, we are going to have some articles appearing on the site. We're going to be doing some writing. I don't want to give anything away because we have some things in the works. So, yeah, guys, check out the site. A lot of cool content coming up. A lot of cool surprises in the works for you. Hopefully we have them for you within the next month or at least by the beginning of next season, September-ish. We'll see. Um, but a lot of cool stuff coming up. I don't want to keep you guys too long. Uh, so, yeah, until next week which is right before when the Flyers start. We'll talk to you guys then. Thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Yeah. Uh, let's start it up. You got to stop me up. Oh, boy. Are you ready, buddy? That's how you should start the show. It's recording already. I know. You should just start it that way. <laughs> start me up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs>